Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Paige. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the hit Netflix show, The Haunting of Bly Manor. This week we're covering episode six, titled The Jolly Corner. So, what do you think? I, I couldn't figure this out. Do you I can't have- either. Okay, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was thinking the same question before you said it. I was like, I don't know why it's titled that, but... Well, there certainly wasn't anything, I don't think, jolly. No, but, not really. <laughs> so, yeah, just trying to think. Because sometimes they have, like, little meanings, right, in, in these titles. And I was trying to think about it, and I, I couldn't come up with anything. And you're usually really good at that. Yeah, and, um, I don't know. Um, but it's yeah. not clicking today. That's okay. I can't okay. think of well, anything. Because I, I don't even think of, like, any, like, corner. I was like, okay, Flora's got the dollhouse in the corner of her room. But that's very unjolly. Very unjolly. And, Henry's desk is kind of set up in like a corner, not even like a corner, Could be kinda, like a but proverbial corner, maybe not a literal. Maybe, but but of what? But I still, I, yeah, I yeah. Still can't. <laughs> I'm just, you know, spitballing here. Yeah. Okay. Well, if any listeners have any good <laughs> theories about that, maybe we'll have something in the feedback this week. But if not, if if any of you listeners have a clue, because uh, even after kind of doing a little bit of reading after watching the episode, still. Didn't really see uh, any clues into that at all. So be curious if you see if anybody has any theories about that. But um, what did you think about just in general this week's episode? I loved this episode. Yeah. Cool. Just as like from like a viewing, you know, like not necessarily like, oh, my God, it was such a, you know, happy and great thing. And so many good things happened kind of Mm -hmm. point of view. But like just like, you know, digging into the story a little bit more and seeing you know, more on Henry. And it was a lot of like disturbing stuff and some like, you know, heavy stuff. But I mean, we did get some, a little bit of jolliness, I guess is, and I go, spoiler alert for you. It's one of my top five for the third week in a row is talking about Danny and Jamie some more because. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There was, there was a little bit of jolliness happening. Um. Cool. Yeah. This episode, I think there was a lot of good stuff. There was some, some actually some things, or at least one thing in particular that um, I do kind of have a little bit of an issue with, but we'll, we'll get into that, of course. But I think for the most part, mm-hmm. it was, you know, again, getting some good information here, some good background information. Yeah. And I appreciate that because it helps really kind of paint that picture, right? We get these pieces of the puzzle and we're missing some things. And so we're finally kind of getting some things to, to kind of color and bring those pieces together. So I, I appreciate that. Um, and we've only got a, a couple of episodes left after. Oh, man. Um, so this is six. We have seven, eight, and nine. Three more episodes to go. Um, <laughs> I feel like there's, I feel like they're giving us a lot of stuff, but it still feels like we're so far away yeah, from really getting like there's more. Still right? so much more that we want to know and yeah, could see. yeah. So uh, yeah, well that's good. I was I was pretty well pleased with this one as well um and it definitely took some interesting turns and some interesting information came out of here as well so um before we talk too much about and start talking about our top five let's go ahead and start talking about our top five what is your number five for this week my number five i've got titled as flora's memories yeah good one. and the first one we see is um i thought like it was seemingly a flashback because i didn't really piece it together 
mm-hmm. way that she did where, mm-hmm. but I'm too old. And I didn't even think about that because I was, you know, again, we're not knowing exactly what the time frame is of this right. flashback of what it seemed. And so we get this kind of flashback that ends up being a memory of her seeing this little boy in her room is where it starts, which man, that scene was really unsettling to me. Like that's one of those like classic horror trope kind of things where it's slowly panning down the bed towards the edge to where I literally, I could not keep my eyes on the screen. I kept looking away because just Uh out of, out of like anxiety and like anticipation of Mm -mm. what was coming. I was like, Nope, I don't, I don't, I don't like this. Don't stop it. I I was curling up into a ball. I was sitting on my couch and I was like, my feet were all drawn in and I could feel myself curling up into the fetal position, dreading this moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But then, you know, they, they play it off a little bit to where you don't get like a jump scare that you're waiting for, which haunting has always been good about that is not doing that when you think they are going to mm-hmm. and then doing that when you don't expect it <laughs> yeah but, but yeah my eyes were like wide when then you see the ghost child like standing in the closet doorway and i was like this is creepy i'm not happy Very. with this uh and it was really creepy but then within that storyline then he, she runs to charlotte sees charlotte and henry which we will get into later <laughs> um, and they come back to look for the the ghost boy and henry gives her this idea of naming him and giving him a backstory to kind of turn him into an imaginary friend and he says he did the same thing as a kid in the manor he him seeing a soldier and he gave him a story and mm-hmm. they like that which that soldier is a hidden ghost that we've seen in previous episodes. So sure is. I liked that kind of connection there. Cause then you're seeing like, Oh, so Henry, you know, kids are susceptible to this in this house long before the events of what's going on now. Mm-hmm. And just as an adult, Henry has kind of like just pushed that back into his reality and his mind where he's like, Oh yeah, I had an imaginary friend and blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> so we're seeing this a couple more times that Flora is, in memories and she calls it like she's being tucked away she's being pushed yeah i like her mind. Said that like i'm being tucked away again aren't i yeah i like and her phrasing of that yeah it's very similar to what was happening to hannah last episode yes where she's having to jump through and relive different memories only flora is realizing what it is and then Henry's kind of doing the same thing. Again, that's a point I'll get to later because mm-hmm. he's being forced to kind of go through memories. But so like that's become a big thing with a lot of these characters. But Flora in specific knows that that's what's going on is that she finds herself in these memories being tucked away. And then they're just during these, you know, times where Rebecca has like taken over her, I guess. And then. Which again, it's where my points all kind of cross over, so I have to be careful of. You know. Mine too. This is a yeah. this one was a little tricky for me doing a top five because everything yeah. is very much interwoven and mm-hmm. it's like this big web of of all of these connections and and things that are intertwined. So I'm with you, man. Yes. Uh, so it's weird because I'm like being struggle. very unspecific with what I'm talking about right now, but yes. like I'm purposely doing that to like 
not I'm go into, not swerve into other points. I know. I, I watched yeah. this one and I was like, oh man. I was like, I feel like we, this would just be like one big number one. Yeah. Right? Oh, it was so hard to get a five out of this. I was like, yeah. well, I have three and that's all I can do. I've got to try to this- find a way to split some of these into two different thoughts. <laughs> you and I are on the same page. We probably should have connected um, and said, maybe we should just do a top three this time, even yeah. though we don't have a special guest because this one was tough. They're also interwoven together and also you know, have, have something to do with each other. I had the same, I had the same struggle. So I feel like we're going to be making some very short points on a lot of these. So we don't go too deeply into our other ones. So, yeah. So with Flora's memories, there's two more things like, there's like a point or like an observation and then like a question that are like the main things I want to come out of that. The one is just, we noticed with the, the boy, the faceless boy ghost, that is the Mm -hmm. doll ghost that we've been seeing and being horrified of throughout the season. Creepy. She's kind of the one that like created him in the way that she gave him that doll face to, Mm -hmm. to give him a little bit more of a personality and something. And which was really creepy, but also kind of sweet, but mostly creepy. Her intentions Uh, were definitely sweet and pure, but her result. (laughs) But then the question that I have, which I want to give myself the answer. No, but if Flora's kind of experiencing the same thing Hannah is, it doesn't mean Flora's dead too, does it? I don't oh think God, so. Paige. I want to say no. Wishing you weren't going to say no. I, yeah, I had that in my notes too. Because again, diving know. to another point, like Henry's also, it's happening to him. So it's like you're getting into this and you gave me that, you know, homework of watching the others and without spoiling that too much. It's, it mm-hmm. is now like I watched that and I was like, well, I know because that movie was also like inspired by turning of the screw. So mm-hmm. how closely connected will things be? I was like, I don't want to have this whole, is everybody dead? Is everybody you know alive? Like what is the, so yeah, it's, I don't know. I want to say she's not because like she's being possessed and there's I know. other things and going I don't on. Want her to, but... I don't want her to be, she's just a little kid. Yeah. And it's, it's sad and depressing and dark. And we've had, we've, I feel like got enough dark. <laughs> and, and and bad stuff. Um, but yeah. So I don't want that to be true. I had the same question though. Had the same question. Because um, Miles doesn't seem, at least not that anything we've heard from him, to be diving through memories and stuff. He hasn't mentioned anything about that. To him, it just seems like he blacks out when he's being taken over. But who knows? Well, but so maybe did, he just doesn't so talk did to Flora. So did yeah. Flora. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She remember they found her in the grass, kind of passed out. Um, and I, I just knew it. I felt like I just knew it because, you know, we had, oh, goodness, um, was it episode two, three? I think it was maybe three. And, you know, Peter Quint's lurking about outside the windows and he's staring at, you know, uh, Miles laying on the floor and Miles is kind of staring back at him and we have those suspicions, right? That there's something wrong with Miles. Miles yeah. is being weird. And it's almost like he's being possessed. And and is it that ghost that we keep seeing this, you know, this which we found out later was Peter, you mm-hmm. know, lurking about because it just seems very um suspicious or I want to say sus. We we're, we've been playing so much among us. Yeah. Sus, sus is like so dug into he's older <laughs> people's like vocabulary now thanks to that game i know i was gonna say peter's very sus right now Uh Um, (laughs) but anyway you know and and miles when they're picking him or kind of help like oh my god miles and and he's like i don't feel very good you know i think flora said like the same thing um here's like i don't 
I don't feel very good. And she seems very disoriented. Yeah. And of course she's very confused because she's having these, um, you know, she's being pulled back into these memories and, and she kind of forgets for a minute. Like she's kind of there and she's kind of reliving it. But then she's like, wait a minute, this isn't right. I'm not supposed to be here. This I'm, I'm supposed to be older, you yeah. know? Um, so I'm, I'm hoping it's, it's more like that. And I'm curious to know if we will find out that Miles you know, is experiencing that now that we're kind of peeling back the layers and finding out more and more that yes, Miles is being possessed. We feel like we've gotten that confirmation. Now we yeah. see that Flora is too, and I don't want him to be dead. Yeah. I know that it's kind of very similar to what Hannah's experiencing, but I feel mm -hmm. like it's a little bit, maybe it's my denial. I'm just going to hang on yeah, to that. The reason I want to give myself that answer, no, and stick with it. I'm like, well, can ghosts possess other ghosts? Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't know what the rules are in this, this made up universe of, of hauntings. So I don't, but I would assume not. I would assume they would, there'd have to be a connection to somebody living, but is susceptible to, to spirits. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to hold on to. So I can have faith that these kids are, okay for the most part <laughs> maybe not okay but alive at least they're alive at least but mm -hmm. yeah um well I, i'm glad that you mentioned that and I, i'm gonna switch around my numbers a little bit because i feel like we're probably gonna have a lot of the same points mm -hmm. and instead of like just talking about it later and elaborating on it i'll just um move my because i think flora was my number four uh -huh. so i'll just move her up to my number five um you know finding out that flora is is being possessed which i mean we kind of I don't know that we touched on it so much as we did because we focused pretty hard on Miles. Um, but, you know, when because when we meet Flora, she's all perfectly splendid and she keeps saying it over and over yeah. again. And she her personalities sometimes change a little bit. I don't think it was as dramatic as what you see with Miles. I feel like Miles was kind of. I don't want to make anyone feel bad for not picking up on it, but I feel like it was almost obvious that there was something going on. Yeah. Wild. And, you know, as we learn more and more that, Oh, he's being, there's something really wrong. He's being possessed. I think, yeah. um, I think Flores was a little bit more subtle, but when we, when we get the episode, um, I think it was three, <clears throat> uh, the two faces part one, mm -hmm. when we finally meet Rebecca and we hear her go, yes. And it's just perfectly splendid or I'm perfectly splendid. And we were like, um, hello. <laughs> And at first you kind of, right. I mean, at first it was kind of like, well, maybe. Well, Is yeah, it was easy to write but, off as Flora hears Rebecca say that and she likes it. Well, so she adopts it, do. you know, and picks it up. That's yeah. That's what kids do when they have an adult in their life, especially like a nanny or an au pair babysitter, some adult in their life that they mentor or that they love and that mentors them or something, or that, you know, yeah. they just think is like a cool kind of adult. They mimic their behavior. They mimic yep. their speech, their phrases. So it's pretty common. So it's easy to write it off. Like, well, she just thinks Rebecca's pretty awesome. Like, you know, she's got a cool new nanny and she really likes her and has really taken to her. So she mimics her. That's perfectly natural. But um, so, yeah, I feel like this one, this one kind of snuck up on me a little bit. I'll admit. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of wasn't surprised, but at the same time, you know, it was like, oh, oh shit. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of mad about it, Paik. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a little bit upset about with Rebecca. Yeah. Um, playing this game. And I feel like I feel dumb now. Like I should have figured this out. And I think that maybe they were putting, putting the focus so hard on miles at least for me that's where most of my attention went to and we got kind of thrown off the trail of, of flora and i feel like i should have picked up on that but i'm i'm pretty pissed off about rebecca playing these games 
and mm-hmm. doing this to Flora. I'm upset about that. And because Peter, we, I mean, I feel like we know enough about Peter and his character. Yeah. And he's selfish and he's con- conniving. But learning Rebecca is doing the same thing to Flora is too much for me. I'm upset yeah. about that. It's like it's at least seems to be on surface level, like more of a quote unquote, I don't know, like pleasant possession. Like she's not being malicious when she's you know possessing or using working through flora but it is still like one of those things like but why are you doing it (laughs) there has to be some reason or purpose and well and flora doesn't like it Mm -hmm. she 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 you can tell she's very uncomfortable with it she calls rebecca out on it later when rebecca becomes very visible to her and she's like i don't like these games you know, and she's, she, she doesn't like it and she's a child and it, she clearly doesn't have her permission to be doing it. So of course, then that goes back to the question, side note, um, when Miles talks about, you know, can, you know, do they have to have your permission to possess you? I don't know that Peter got that from Miles. It was very sudden when he, you know, in the last episode, he touches his shoulder and, yeah he seems to kind of take over and he seems to kind of come and go as he pleases. I don't know that miles is receptive to that or has given some sort of unconscious permission or if he, if that's even possible, I don't know, but Flora doesn't seem to be okay with it. Um, so I don't like that. I, I feel like that's not very nice of Rebecca to be doing. And clearly it seems like she's up to something because, you know, we get later on um, there at the end when um, Peter and Rebecca are possessing the kids uh, then they, or well, Peter anyway, whacks um, Danny over the head. Yeah, you know Rebecca lured her up there, and, and, and Rebecca through Flora, yeah, is telling her sorry. Like, we, yeah. we don't have any other choice. We have to do this, and yeah. yeah. And have you seen the movie The Skeleton Key? I don't think so. No. Opaque. I know. I'm. Um, I'm I'm just like on a losing streak on these. You're, you're a young one. You're, I forget how young you are sometimes. And how, it, it's not super old, but I think it's at least maybe 10 years old. And I mm-hmm. I forget how young you are sometimes because you're you're like an old soul. So you know, I forget <laughs> that you're a, um, a young person and I'm old. Um, well, it, if you if you have a chance, watch that. But And right. I won't give any spoilers, but for me, I'm feeling a little skeleton key BS mm-hmm. going on here. And I'll be interested to know if you if you get a chance to watch that between now and next week's episode, what your All thoughts right. are. More homework. <laughs> you didn't think when you came on board this podcast, you were going to get much homework, but hey, here we are. I'll do it. Uh, I'll take it because I'm glad I took the others as homework and that was a fun watch. So I watched that on Halloween, actually, was the day that I watched that. So that was fun. It's a good one. It's a classic. Yeah. I was pretty pleased <laughs> with others when it came out. I, I, I'll look. I'll be honest. I don't. And just again, side note. Sorry for the rambling, but the skeleton key. I don't know. Got great reviews or was super receptive. But I thought it was. I thought it was okay. I thought it wasn't bad. I, you know, I was like, I like this. I like Kit Hudson, and it had. It was interesting, to a degree. But I feel there's a little bit of that going on. Um, but anyway, I just, that was my, everything that you said, um, you know, I agree with, but that's my addition to, to what you had to say is I'm just pretty pissed off at Rebecca right now. And I feel like it's from what we've seen of her so far, seems a little out of character Yeah, for her. So I'm curious to know what's going on with her and Peter. Um, definitely, you know, what are they up to? And that, that so that's my question, um, out of it, just yeah. to add to yours. I'll I'll add to that a little bit. 
just because I had that as a further point. So instead of just kind of, like you said, instead of getting to that, I'll just, mm-hmm. you know, throw it in while we're talking about it and add it in. Because uh, I guess we talked mostly about, because like I had a point about like Rebecca and her possession there. And there's just the the one thing that I wonder about is again, that susceptibility or agreement to it. Because mm-hmm. it does seem that at least in the case of Rebecca and Flora, it doesn't always take. Because I think that's what happened the first time because we see Rebecca touch Flora and then like, I don't know, because then Flora, they say Flora just passes out Mm -hmm. and they took her up to bed. So obviously she wouldn't have been possessed because Rebecca wouldn't possess her just to sleep. So that's true. Something didn't happen. Something didn't work because then later the next time when we see Rebecca touch Flora and you're waiting, you know, and Danny even sees it's like the same thing. So she's waiting for her to faint or fall over and then she just kind of. Oh, I'm sorry that I was bothering you. I was just out for a walk. Let's go get breakfast. I'm hungry, you know? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> That's so true. It, it seems like there is some kind of, of line where maybe sometimes it doesn't work. And I don't know if it applies that way with Miles too, because we do see Miles faint in that same way of you, you mentioned, you know, saying I don't feel good and then fainting after he had been possessed to where like maybe something in Miles had kind of kicked Peter out of him. Ooh. And I wonder, too, if because they're kids. I mean, they're just little kids. And mm-hmm. maybe it's just too much for them. Yeah. Too much possession takes takes it to, like, I don't know, wipes them out or something, sucks up all their energy. So maybe sometimes they're not able to possess them because they've, you know, sucked them dry until yeah. they kind of, you know, regenerate or whatever. I don't know. Maybe Rebecca yeah, has right, been doing it more often, like Flora said, to where – she had already been possessing Flora too often. And so when she tried that time, Flora didn't have the energy and just passed out and slept for an entire day instead. Yeah, she did. I don't know. It's <laughs> I'm I'm certainly confused. I don't have this all figured out. Hopefully nobody came here looking for answers because <laughs> I'm not here to provide them today. I don't have them yet. Hopefully we'll get them. Yeah. That was a really good number five. Um, I, I like all those thoughts. Hopefully we'll get some more info to come, or maybe even as we're talking about it, maybe we'll maybe we'll just be absolutely brilliant tonight, Peek, and yeah, figure it knows? all out. Yeah. Maybe we're piecing it all together. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or we're or the opposite and we're you know, <laughs> people who have watched the whole this. season already being like, they are fucking missing it so by a mile. <laughs> what are they these idiots talking about (laughs) i know i I would love to get people's thoughts how did how did we how did we do guys what's what's our score (laughs) yeah that'd be great um well that was a really good number five uh what is your number four uh my number four is the truth about the wind graves all right and and what's what's going on there my first note just in here is uh oh henry you're not sleeping with your brother's wife, are you? That is fucking fucked, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, that's, and this is a, you know, spoiler again, again, because everything's connected. So this is a further point. I think it's like my number one is to talk about the specific instance, but it is that this is the ghost that Henry carries with him. Yes. Is that, you know, he's sleeping with his brother's wife behind his brother's back Maybe Dominic, you know, Dominic starts catching on with little things here or there. And so he's feeling a lot of guilt about it, especially leading, you know, up to after their death, because this situation 
maybe I don't we still don't have a lot of answers so we're not sure if it like directly plays a hand in their death or at least it's the reason that they go on that trip right and so he is dealing with the guilt of that of course just last week I was talking about how much I like Charlotte and then we see this and I was like well that taints that just a little bit but um I know know? (laughs) uh but yeah so Dominic does figure it out he does the math confronts Charlotte about it. And I can't even like imagine the level of like hurt and betrayal he's feeling at that dinner table as they're sitting across from each other. Yeah. That's deep. Like, oof. you know, cause we get, you know, the, the truth that comes out is not only is his brother sleeping with his wife behind his back, but that his youngest child isn't even his child, but actually his niece. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, that's some like soap opera level that's shit. A, that's a lot for a person to take yeah. in because it's his brother, um, his business partner, his wife, and finding out his daughter's not his biological daughter. Um, yeah. All kinds of things happening there. Yeah. It's like a soap opera. Mm-hmm. So it, it does give us some answers as to why. Henry stays away from everything is, you know, first and foremost, just the level of guilt that he's carrying and yeah, feeling like all of this is his fault. But then, you know, his brother does have this whole banishing him thing. So mm-hmm. that sticks to some point. I mean, how much does it really stick? Not to sound, you know, kind of to brush it off as mm-hmm. nothing, but like after their death, I mean, who's who's gonna stop him you know from wanting to be a part of things again but yeah i think that's just his own guilt and his own you know demon eating away at him there to keep it and it's kept him at bay this whole time and we don't know exactly what happened how they died no we might we might still get more answers on that as far as you know i hate to go down that dark macabre twisted route you know too much but I mean, was it one of those things where, like, it was a purposeful thing that, you know, did Dominic just kind of lose it and kill both of them or what, you know? Oh, I've, I've seen theories about that. Yeah, like, was it like, a suicide? Yeah. I've seen um, other theories saying, and I'm, I don't know that I, I, I necessarily subscribe to any of them, but I think they're interesting because you just don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Another one was that, like, Henry knew that Dominic was going on this trip and so he had like planned for something to happen to to Dominic but he didn't know Charlotte was going oh god wow later (laughs) and then so he ends up being like more personal more personally like responsible for it I I don't know that that's possible because she did come to the office to tell him goodbye and that she was going on that trip so Mm -hmm. I feel like if there was something that he was planning to somehow off his own brother um, he would have, you know, been like, well, nix that because Charlotte's going to be on the trip. So I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to that, but I, I've heard that yeah. along with um, what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. So dark. it's one of those things like maybe it's dark, but like we've had like through listener feedback and some stuff like be like, you know, throw out some dark ideas. And we're like, ooh, that's, mm-hmm. ooh, that's wild. And then they have come to pass. And so we're like, well, shit, like anything's on the table now. Yeah. I, don't- <laughs> I think so. Because yeah, this, this show has went you know when we see what happened with hannah in that episode that was pretty damn dark and i wasn't sure they would go there and they did so i yeah like setting things on the table at this point (laughs) wow yeah 
Yeah, I like that. Well, um, that's actually w- was my next point as well. Cool. And so we're definitely seeing a bit of a pattern here at Bly Manor where, you know, I, I don't think uh, Henry's doppelganger, I don't think it's like a spiritual. I think it's one of those guilt ghosts like yeah. Danny had. Is that what mm-hmm. you're kind of thinking too? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I, I could be wrong, but that's what I'm feeling. I feel like that's kind of what we see a lot of in um, – Ugh, I hate to say a whole lot about Hill House, so I'll just maybe not talk <laughs> about it. But if you've seen Hill House, then you know what I'm talking about, everyone. Um, how it seems to be these things, this this guilt, this loss, the grief manifests itself. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it, we saw that, I feel like, with Danny. I don't feel like the ghost of Edmund wasn't really a true ghost. I feel it was more a manifestation of what she was feeling, that extreme guilt that she was feeling over how, you know, how she felt she, you know, broke up with Edmund and under those circumstances. And then when she broke up with him, then he suddenly died and so young and just everything wrapped around that Um, because it seems he's gone now when she finally confronted him through the glasses in the fire I haven't seen him. She was yeah, in the He did not appear. He was not in the reflection. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen him pop up anywhere. So that seems to have worked. So I feel like his, you know, Edmund for her was a manifestation. And that's how I'm feeling like uh, this doppelganger is for Henry. I feel like it's almost like he manifested it out of all these feelings that he's feeling. But also his brother kind of cursed him with it. Uh, yeah. When he's like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to live with yourself. And, and, you know, he, he's in, he's in, I can't remember, I, cause I'm paraphrasing, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he's like an evil smirking. Oh yeah. You know. I have that all written down. Yeah. It's kind of a. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So I'll, so, I'll, I'll jump into it. Yeah. Cause I mean, there yeah. is, you know, I have kind of that alter ego is like my number one, but I'll, I'll talk about it. Yeah. Cause that's the closed captioning is it refers to him as alter ego when he's speaking. Oh uh, yes. And so I thought that was kind of cool, but yeah. Um, as you mentioned, Dominic's kind of the one that conjures the alter ego for henry in a way because that's what he says he says that's the real him he says that's the real you that evil shit that grotesque little demon that shit grinning fucking monster because that's the exact that's the exact form it takes is this Mm -hmm. he's always got this just grin and he's just very conniving and you know jabbing at him and stuff so yeah yeah okay great yeah i i Exactly. So I feel like it's a manifestation of that and also how his brother kind of cursed him with that. So it seems to kind of fit. And and like you said, finding out in this episode that Henry, which was kind of interesting to see a little bit of a different side of Henry. We've, we've been pretty critical of him, and I think with fairly good reason, but pretty mm-hmm. critical of him and his behavior of how he never goes to the house, um, doesn't seem to care if the kids are sick or if they're you know, being harmed or just whatever it is going on, he leaves it for the staff to deal with. And he's, you know, he snaps at his assistant, you know, at the mere mention of, you know, Danny calling again or something. Yeah. Um, so we've been pretty crit- critical of him and how he acted during like the interviews that we saw with Rebecca, with Danny. Um, but this episode, we got a little bit of a different side. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, a, you know, a little bit of a younger Henry, a Henry that's in love. Um, but like you said, the problem with that, I just have to <laughs> stern law. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, the, the twist that we get there kind of in the middle there was that he is the biological father of Flora, which yeah. made it all the more interesting when we see in the beginning, when Dominic rushes through the house um, as Flora is 
almost ready to be born. Um, you know, and I felt like that was a little bit of a tell when Henry's in the room and Charlotte gives him a look. Yeah. I was like, uh-huh. Something, something. Yeah, I definitely picked up on that more the second watch because then knowing everything, going back and being like, oh yeah, there's definitely more to that look than just her like brother-in-law being there as family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I picked up on that on the first watch, so I wasn't too surprised to then find that those two were, I didn't realize they had been going on for so long, mm-hmm. um, you know, because apparently they had been carrying on for quite some time all the way up until from before Flora was born, then she was the product of their affair. And then that continued on until even until their death um, yeah. or just before their death anyway. So, so quite, quite a long, long way. And then, like you said, we don't understand the circumstances or know what the circumstances were. Maybe that's not important. I, I don't know. Um, because maybe it's just enough. Maybe Henry doesn't have to be directly involved. He's more, like you said, indirectly involved because they went on that trip because of him. Yeah. To kind of retrace their honeymoon, to kind of bring them back together and mm-hmm. uh, kind of rekindle and, and, and make up and renew and refresh and, and so if it hadn't been for him, they would have never taken that trip. So maybe that was enough. Yeah. Um, maybe he didn't need to be directly involved as far as being directly responsible um, for it. That was enough. So very interesting. And damn that doppelganger. I know I realize it's the same actor as Henry Thomas, but holy hell, the first time he cracked that weird whack, wackadoodle smile, yeah. I thought I was back in <laughs> Twin Peaks for a bit. That was creepy as shit. Um so yeah, all, all the old folks listening to this in my age will remember <laughs> that and David Fincher's um, work there. But yeah, I feel like um, that was creepy as hell. He didn't even need to do anything else but that creepy smile. Yeah. That was disturbing enough for me. So interesting information we're getting here. Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> didn't see that one coming at all. I did not see <laughs> that coming at all. Um, so yeah, interesting to see now the circumstances of why he stays away from Bly Manor. He seems to be holding to that, you know, promise that even though his family's dead or his brother's dead and can no longer hold him to that, uh, he has decided to somehow, I guess, because he was dishonorable when they were alive, he's decided to somehow try to be honorable in their death. And, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of harmful at this point. I mean, it is, he is their only family. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's at the expense of the kids at this point, because even, you know, in very early episodes, we saw how it affects miles to where he wants a relationship with his uncle. And when, you know, Danny asks, well, like, you know, Oh no, your, your uncle misses you. And he, you know, he wants to know how you're doing. And he was like, Oh yeah. You want to call him right now and see, like she calls that, you know, miles calls that bluff and, he does. And you can tell he's kind of bitter and angry about it. Well, and also what's unfortunate of that is probably due to some of Henry's absence and not coming out to the house, he always sent Peter out to the house. So mm-hmm. then Peter becomes an influence on Miles. Yeah. And Miles then looks up to him and, you know, maybe maybe that could have been different had Henry been more of a presence. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But I don't know. We'll see what happens because he, he decides to – to go home to Bly yeah. at the end there. So I don't know. We'll see. That's a really good number four. Um, and that was partly mine as well. So <laughs> what did you have for your number three? 
My number three, we covered pretty much all the way was uh, Rebecca and oh, okay. her stuff. So the, I think the only things that I didn't touch on because I was looking back over my notes is we get confirmation of something that, I mean, we pretty much already had fully pieced together anyway, just off of context. So, but it is definitely like Rebecca that Flora keeps looking over Danny's shoulder at because, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we I'm see glad her standing finally, there. Glad to finally get that. Yeah. I, I feel like I had that suspicion kind of early on. Um, like, is it her former nanny she keeps looking at? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is. And then Danny mm. sees her too. That, yeah. that freaked me out. That was the other thing that I had noted that we hadn't talked about really is kind of that side of things. And it's Rebecca gets a little more sinister seeming. I don't know if she really is. Yeah, when when she's talking to Flora and Flora basically mentions in a way that she knows that Miles is being taken over by Peter as well, because she has that line about, you know, like, you know, Miles is usually perfectly splendid and except for when he isn't. She says when he's not splendid, says no, when he's not Miles. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) then the look on Rebecca's face kind of like, oh, shit, she's figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) So they've kind of been working together that way. And then that's when Danny walks in to see Flora talking to Rebecca but Danny sees Rebecca there and that would scare the absolute shit out of anyone. <laughs> and she <laughs> to be checking in on this kid that you think is like sick and not well to see her like the like the other other old nanny I mean, because she's looked at photos. It's dark, so maybe she didn't recognize her as Rebecca. But either way, yeah, to see somebody just sitting at the end of their bed talking to her that should not be in the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting to to know why all of a sudden Danny is able to see Rebecca. She almost saw the ghost boy. Yeah. And my feet are too close to the edge of my bed. I'm <laughs> I can't. <laughs> We're talking about some scary shit again. <laughs> so she almost caught a glimpse of that ghost boy and I thought, oh, I mean, she's she's kind of like what is flora looking at behind my shoulder and she's had a few moments of you know like something doesn't quite add up but that was probably one of the closest moments and then she finally uh sees another ghost and that's rebecca and i was like why can she all of a sudden see her now well i don't know i don't know sorry let me backtrack she can see peter too yeah and that's another she sees that she like yeah gets flora out of the room and then turns and you know miles and Peter standing there. Well, this is awkward. You know? Yeah, yeah, Man. yeah. So maybe that's not. Um, I don't know. Maybe they can choose when to be seen or something. I yeah. I don't know because you know Flora would be looking over her shoulder and Danny's like, "What are you looking at?" And she'd look over her shoulder and not see anything. So I don't know if it's just she ch- she chose to make herself um, or, or allowed herself to be seen. I guess. I, I guess I yeah. I, I got to backtrack on that. So I guess I'm wrong. I'm not not sure yeah that means anything i guess because she has seen peter skulking about so hmm. okay we'll scratch that <laughs> but anyway it, it's interesting that she's at least allowed herself to be seen this time after kind of staying in the in the background uh, previously yeah um okay okay i like it did you have anything else you want to say about that's that? it that's, i think that's all i had there Okay. Well, my number three, um, and I, I don't know if this is one of your points or not. So I hope hope I'm not stealing it, but we can just we can just talk about it. Um, in a very lengthy speech, uh, we get Jamie's backstory. Yeah. Yeah, and 
I got to be honest, I, I wasn't thrilled with it to be. Honest. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Not so much your backstory, just the um, this whole monologue. The the short version of the story was, you know, basically her her mother cheated on her father, abandoned the family, left Jamie in charge of her siblings. There was an accident. Uh, she committed some kind of crime in London. She got sent to jail. Uh, she discovered uh, therapy and gardening and rebuilt her life when she got out. And I, I don't know. I was kind of disappointed because I, I feel like there, up until this point, there's been pretty easy and good chemistry. I thought between Jamie and Danny, but this episode it felt a little forced. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I didn't really love this monologue so much, and I didn't really feel that it added anything to the story or to Jamie. And hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. I I like Jamie for the most part. I really do. I've, you know, really had great things to say about her, but I just, I didn't feel like, I feel like we already kind of knew or could figure out that she kind of came from a troubled past and, yeah. well, we get it. People are bad. Plants are good. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I Personally, I actually really did like it. I thought it was very okay. beautiful. That's and. Okay. I think the reason is, is is because I was looking more at the the behind what she was saying, mm-hmm. kind of the context of stuff, like not necessarily about her past and her story, but what it says about, you know, all of it leads to her mistrust of people to where even Danny's kind of feeling like, so you're saying all this to tell me that it's not worth it for us to try to have a relationship, but then it becomes more of like regardless of all of that that I've been through and all these feelings that I hold about humanity and relationships just like these like moon flowers like she's found something special that's worth investing in or opening up even if it's not going to be for long and I thought that was cool I like that part yeah I like that part I just I think that this long drawn out monologue though could have been shorter we probably could have gotten some yeah. and that's and I typically like I mean I've I've talked about the monologues before. Like there was a couple episodes where there there was like at least three of these like monologues. I thought this is great. There's good acting. This was good writing. I just this one didn't do it for me. I, I don't know where exactly for me. I can't really pinpoint where it fell short for me. I just I just thought it was too much. Just too long and too much. And I didn't feel like if, if they want to give us Jamie's backstory that we probably could have done it in fewer words mm-hmm. uh, and, and could have gotten to the point a little bit more. But I do like what you say about the, the, the meaning behind it. I, I do agree with you at that point. I think that's nice. Um, I just, it fell a little flat to me how, how long it, it was. It yeah. was a little boring. All right. <laughs> but Jamie said she liked boring, so maybe that's what they were yeah. going for. I don't, know. I don't know. It worked on me. I know, and I was disappointed. This was the thing I mentioned in the beginning when I thought, "Well, this is you know, this yeah. kind of thing I didn't love." Um, but I don't know. I feel like not everything is absolutely perfect, and I know it's kind of subjective what one person likes, another person yeah. doesn't, and, and that's fine. We don't always have to agree. That's for sure. It, I think it makes it more interesting if we mm-hmm. don't always agree. Um, but this, yeah, this one just was a little flat for me. And I like Jamie, I do, but I just yeah. felt like they were kind of forcing it a little bit. And if they want to give a little bit of a backstory, it could have, you know, been a little shorter. This was kind of, <laughs> kind of a quite long story that yeah. wasn't as necessary, but I do appreciate the message. 
Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, that was that was my number three. Are we on number threes already? What's your number two? My number two kind of digs right into that again. Is just for the third week in a row, Danny and Jamie make a, you know, make a number five, make a top five. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, Danny's just as bad at coffee as she is at tea. I was like, there's just no hope for you anymore. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> no. She should just stay uh, away from beverages. I don't yeah. know. But no, I thought that was really, really sweet. Um, is Danny's trying to make this right and even though things have been really rocky because of her past and the the stuff with Edmund, she keeps going back for Jamie and keeps trying to make it work. And I thought that was really cool mm-hmm. that, you know, even with awful coffee, she's trying and, you know, Jamie's not so sure that Danny is really sure, but that's, you know, from what she's seen, but, but Danny keeps trying. And I think that, that Cockney accent, that was, that was a, a proper <laughs> yeah. treat. Um, <laughs> Gotta keep things proper boring, haven't we? <laughs> Freeman, when she's trying out her British accent, <laughs> just uh, the when I rewatched it, I like had to say it along with her that haven't we? <laughs> it's so much fun. It was one that I had to keep kind of rewatching a little bit because, like, that, yeah, that's funny. That was fun. Uh, had some fun but, moments. Yeah, she she had a little bit more game than I expected from her. Mm-hmm. She's setting up this, you know, boring old date um, to get a boring old drink at a boring old pub that Jamie just happens to live above. And she remembers that and knows that, which is like, that's a good way to kind of work your way into an overnight situation if that <laughs> becomes necessary. Ooh, I, I have, to have my overnight bag with me, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going for drinks, but you never know. You got to be prepared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then I love how Jamie appreciates that and ends up kind of returning the favor by making that happen by Mm -hmm. enlisting Hannah and Owen to stay and watch the kids for the night so that they can go have their boredom, which they ended up not even going to the pub anyway. They just go out to the garden to have that time together where, you know, that monologue and speech that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And then just go back to the house and end up spending the night with each other, which I mean, it's great too. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Yeah, and then one you know you already mentioned it, but yeah, then I have the like last part of this in my notes was noticing there was no ghost of Edmund, Edmund no bright eyes this episode. Mm-hmm. So Di- Danny was you know finally able to like face him and make him leave, and maybe she's been able to let go of it because with Jamie she's realized that she is like found something worth living for and found something new to move on to. Yeah. And and I think she helped her kind of face, have the courage to kind of face Edmund and yeah. kind of deal with it and realize that she doesn't have to feel that guilt. So, yeah, yeah, I do like their relationship. It's certainly not a knock on their relationship. I thought the date idea was sweet. Um, it was just that monologue, really. <laughs> it, it, like I said, I still love Jamie, still love Danny. I just felt that was just a little... Just fell flat for me. Just didn't quite hit the mark with me. But I like the intentions. I like that, you know, their, you know, their sweet relationship. And I, you know, I, I like how Danny was, you know, not giving up and pursuing her, and Jamie working out with Owen and Hannah to watch the kids so they could have some time. Looks, I got to thinking about that. I was like, damn, how do you date? You're you're pretty much with these kids. Like you are a live-in nanny. It is your yeah. job 
watch these kids 24 seven, like from the time they wake up until the time they go to bed, you know, you, you, that's your job is you're, you're playing with them, caring for them, you're schooling them, tutoring and things like that. Um, keeping watch over them. When mm-hmm. would you ever have any time for yourself except for maybe a little bit at nighttime once they, cause they're little kids. So hopefully they go to bed a little earlier. Yeah. But then like, you still can't just like leave leave. and go to the pub, go to town overnight because what if something happens, they have a bad dream or they're sick or if something happens overnight, you've got to be there for them. And there's not a, a, you know, Owen goes home at night. Jamie, if, if you take kind of Jamie out of the picture, if she wasn't involved with Jamie, well, she goes home at night, then there's just Hannah. So it's not like there's a whole house full of staff to say, you know, I'm going out for a couple hours in the evening. Can someone just help keep an eye on the kids? There's one person and she happens to be dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I got to think about that. I was like, gosh, that would, that would be, uh, you know, you would have no life. And maybe that's what Henry was kind of talking about when he was interviewing Danny, like you're a young person. You're going to confine yeah. yourself to a house and take care of two kids and be live in knowing that this is your job pretty much like 24 seven. Yeah. And not only that, you're isolated, you're out in the country. It's not like you're close to, you know, the city where, you know, you might be able to slip out for, you know, every now and again, a little bit of fun, but she's isolating herself out in the country. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it would be, it would be challenging. I thought, well, she just has zero life, but it's okay. Cause she, she found someone that she didn't have to go very far to find them. She found someone right there at Bly Manor. So yeah, but I do like them together. I, I do enjoy their relationship. I just didn't like the monologue. How about not having Jane or letting Jamie have any more monologues? <laughs> <laughs> no. I like when she's like ripping miles a new one. <laughs> yeah. Just let her yell at Miles and like keep calling Danny Poppins and yeah. flirting with her. And that's leave it to that. Yeah. <laughs> then, then we're doing great. Yeah. That was, that was really good. Um, well, I want to talk a little bit about some of the callbacks. I think we might've mentioned some already. I know you already mentioned Henry and the soldier, a couple mm-hmm. of the callbacks that we see um, or hear, sorry, that's probably more important, not really see um, like you mentioned the soldier um, and I agree. I think he definitely means that soldier that seems we see a lot more of the soldier than what we're seeing of the plague doctor lately, yeah. as far as the hidden ghost. So curious if he's got a story, um, or if we'll learn any more about that or maybe not, maybe that's just all we're going to know, but mm-hmm. apparently he must've been active whenever, um, Henry was a boy. Uh, Charlotte gives Flora a talisman. Yep. And tells her that she's, you know, she made them when she was a kid and that they're for good luck and for protection. And it looks to be, you know, Flora picked up on that and she's carried that on and has a bunch of them. Yep. Uh, that was cool. when, yeah. Uh, Henry gives Flora the dollhouse. We get to see yeah. where that dollhouse came from. Um, something special about that dollhouse. I don't know. I mean, clearly, uh, maybe she's <laughs> in, in the house, maybe, I don't know. And it's just maybe become a part of the house, but um, definitely interesting. And probably part of what gave gave away uh, Henry and Charlotte a little bit. It's quite an elaborate gift. I mean, I don't know. He's yeah. little, so maybe not, but pretty yeah. elaborate. You know, yeah, when, I don't know if he's done anything like that for miles. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like he's not really giving a present to his niece. It's his daughter. And he's mm-hmm. really 
going above and beyond. So I don't know, maybe that's was enough for dominant, not enough, but one, one of the little, I think check marks is he's adding things up in his head and, you know, things are starting to kind of, you know, the, the clogs are turning in his head and he's kind of yeah. picking up on that. Um, but anyway, Henry gives Flora the dollhouse. So that was kind of cool to see the origin of the dollhouse. Um, one, one thing that I found um, kind of interesting when Flora was talking, when she was in her memories and she's talking about, you know, I should be smaller or I should be littler. Uh, that to me kind of tied to what Dominic was saying about the math, not adding mm-hmm. up. Flora was supposed to be smaller um, or littler. Um, that's what it kind of reminded me of. And I thought that was a, to me, a fun little tie-in, whether or not they meant that. But um, yeah, she kept talking about that. And then that's how when Dominic's like, you know, the math doesn't add up. Um, yeah. And Flora says that same thing to Charlotte, to her mother, about her memories, where she realizes, you know, I'm older than I should be in this memory. If this was real, I would have been little. And she even says the math isn't adding up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like, I love how they tie that stuff in. It. hmm just it's fun fun to to make those connections um that's all i had though for this one um but just kind of fun to see the origin of some of these things the talisman the dollhouse don't really know what the soldier means but henry saw him as a boy so that's something um could you you, can you think of any others i may have left out do you have any in your notes um other like tie back things um Let's see. Um, I just little things in my notes. Um, we saw that, you know, when you mentioned like the, the dollhouse and like the faceless boy ghost is the one that's moving the dolls around. When Flora rolls over in bed, he rolls the doll over. He's the one that's like keeping an eye on things and moving stuff around. <gasps> so you think it's him? It's yeah. not. I didn't even. I didn't even make that connection. <laughs> so he's the one that's like. Yeah, right and I don't know if it's like only him and always him, but but it seems yeah. In that moment, we see him, you know, playing around and moving things around and knowing where things are. So that was interesting. And then my mind is blown. I'm <laughs> pondering this and like connecting so many dots in my head, or all these theories are, are popping <laughs> in my head. Yeah, and then let's see. The only other thing that it was like a little throwaway line is when Henry's alter ego is talking to him, which you know, well, I'll dive more into that in my next point. But it kind of works with this like callback thing is that you know he says something about you know oh you know how can you even afford this now that Peter robbed you blind? He said oh, I wouldn't say blind. And it was like a quarter million dollars, and then he makes a comment about it, like, but Miles' money, not even yours. He says oh I've, I've made sure to pay him all back. And I was kind of one, you know, they didn't really go into it past that. And I was like, hmm, what is, is he like, I guess he would be holding on to after the, you know, Dominic and Charlotte died, I guess all of the kids trust funds and insurance and stuff, you know, family money and stuff probably all would have gone to Henry, I guess, probably in a will or something. But yeah, I just thought it was kind of interesting that Peter had taken all of Miles's money and ran with it and that was it. And I don't know if that was like a purposeful choice or not, or just coincidence, but it was enough that I had to like jot that down in my notes, that line. I was like miles of money. <laughs> yeah. It's 
they, they, yeah, you're right. They didn't elaborate on it a lot, but sounded like whatever account Peter was able to get access to was money meant for miles. And it sounded to me like Henry took some of his own money and put that money back. Yeah. So that way miles wouldn't go without or, or not have it for, for his future. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So he does care about them. Yeah. He's just kind of wrapped up in his own guilt that he can't bring himself to visit his his kids. Oh, one other thing. It's not really a callback, but just something that kind of wraps up. Something that we've been wondering about are the crank calls. Yes. Yep. Henry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Makes sense. I like that. That was all good stuff. <laughs> You're blowing my mind with the, the ghost kid, though. Um, what's your number one? All right. My number one, and yeah, we've touched on a little bit, and so I'll go on to it. Yeah, as Henry's ghost or his alter ego, as it was called in the show, at least through closed captioning. But yeah, he's got that, that own personal haunting, and like we talked about, where we think it's more of that grief, you know, personal trauma kind of ghost versus like an actual dead ghost because it's himself. Mm-hmm. Just like grinning at him and tormenting him. And then we kind of see that he's being forced to go through these memories and stuff when he, and, you know, um, it's when this ghost of himself or this, this alter ego visits him, but it also forces him to go through memories of like bad memories and, and heart wrenching things kind of like his own personal hell that he's having to relive. Yeah. He has yeah. to relive it over and over and over. And I was really confused for a second. With the first one, whenever he calls the house and Flora answers and then passes the phone off to Dominic. And like at first I was like, what is going on? I was like, is he calling from the present, but he's calling the past? I was like, what kind of time travel weird? And then like I was like, no, I have to go back and rewatch this because I think and then you notice he's wearing this like brighter like blue suit when he sits back. And then when he reaches and picks up the phone, he's wearing a gray suit and Yes. It shows that this is a different time period. Like it was, they, they smoothly transitioned into a like flashback memory that it took a while to pick up on. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, and, and you touched on it earlier when we were talking about it, because when you were talking about Flora and how she's experiencing something similar to what we saw Hannah experience in the previous episode and hoping like she's not dead. And I feel like, I don't think Henry's dead either. Um, but it's interesting that he seems to be experiencing these memories or flashbacks, kind of like Flora is experiencing them, but also like Hannah is also experiencing them too. So they're yeah. all, it seems like you don't have to be dead. Cause I, I again, I'm not feeling that Flora's dead because I'm not yeah. wanting it to be true. I'm not going to go down that road right now. Nope. <laughs> I'm, not go, I'm not ready to go to that dark place yet. Um, so I, and I'm, and I'm, pretty firm that Henry is also not dead. So apparently you don't have to be dead to experience kind of like what Hannah was going through in that confusion. But yeah, I, I feel like that's what Henry was doing is like, it was somehow this al- alternate ego that he has um, was forcing him, which is a part of himself. So it's like he's forcing himself to keep reliving it over and over because he, of his guilt. Yeah. Uh, part of himself that feels that he, like deserves he's yeah, yeah he's he's punishing himself to like put himself through that again and again to remind himself of what he did and yeah so makes sense 
Yeah, we get the one he's been, you mentioned, you know, he's the one calling the house and then hanging up. And I was trying to, you know, at first I was like, well, what is the reason for that? But then we see, thanks to his conversation with himself, as he's hoping for Flora to pick up. Yeah. And then, you know, but I wonder, like, why can't he just ask for her if somebody else answers? Like, it's not going to be weird for Danny if Henry calls the house and, you know, like, other than he's already set this up for himself that he is distant. Mm-hmm. But, like, it would be totally normal if we hadn't already set all that up for him to just call the house and be like, hey, I just wanted to hear how my, you know, niece and nephew are doing. Easy for him to pull off. If he wants to talk to Flora, he can be, okay, let me talk to Miles, too, and then I'll talk to Flora, you know, whatever his, you know, motives are. That seems like something that if he really wanted to connect, that's something he easily could do. Yes, but then I feel like... Cutting cutting off all contact is, I don't want to mean, I, I'm going to say easier, and I don't mean to say that because it is easy, but if if he doesn't go out and see them, like if he's keeping to his brother's wish that he not have contact or go to Bly anymore, and he, he holds himself to that, but yet he still calls him on the phone, the kids are going to be like, why don't you ever come see us? They're going to have, they're going to be full of questions. Well, come see us. Uncle mm-hmm. Henry, sure. Can we come see you? You know, you know how little kids are, you know, they're going to, yeah. they're going to be pressing you for it. And I feel like maybe he just doesn't want to face that. He doesn't want to have to tell him a lie or he yeah. doesn't. So even to- if Flora was the one that picked up the phone, you think he'd probably just hang up on her still anyway, just wanted to hear her voice, which I is so sad in itself too. Like it is. It is. But then, yeah, he he decides to call back one last time and the phone is disconnected. Mm -hmm. And he feels like something is wrong and it's enough for him to to take off. And he says, I'm heading to Bly. And his alter ego is like, you've been drinking. And then, you know, and it's three hour drive all the way out to Bly. You know, and he's like, I don't care. This is what I'm doing. And I thought it was a really cool effect how he turns his back away from the alter ego to grab his coat. And then when he pulls up the coat, the alter ego is standing underneath it in place of the coat rack. I thought that was a really cool shot. And I was like, that's fun. That's really cool. Just would not leave. <laughs> yes. Mm. Creepy. Even though I didn't know, even though I felt, you know, he wasn't uh, a, a real ghost, that it was a manifestation that, that somehow makes it a little bit better, but it didn't make it any less creepy. Like yeah. how, how creepy he was and that creepy smile and how he kept popping up everywhere. And um, so, yeah, that was unsettling. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have on that. We haven't talked that's about awesome. it. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, my number one, it, it, I wanted to talk just for a, a moment about Ghost Boy. Um, all right don't know a lot about this boy he has no face we know that and it seems like most ghosts here don't have faces we saw the ghost in the attic no face mm-hmm. he tried to sing hum <laughs> something doesn't work the lake lady of the lake mm-hmm. lady person uh has no face uh, so what is it about Bly I can't quite figure out why the ghosts don't seem to have faces and I thought it was, this was unsettling to me. One, I just, I don't do creepy kids (laughs) and ghost kids on top of that. 
super creepy. So I had I had issue with this big time and felt very disturbed. There were so many disturbing things in this episode to me. Um, but I thought, how do we make a creepy child ghost even more creepy? Let's put a creepy doll face on him. <laughs> that didn't make him any easier to look at for me. It no. I think made it worse for yeah, me. Yeah, a little bit. But I don't know. I feel this ghost boy in particular, like I don't get an evil or I want to say I don't get a scary vibe off. No, he's fucking creepy. But but like I, I feel like I get like a good vibe off of him almost like he's not there well, to hurt anybody. And he's. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that because, you know, I, I, I my question uh, that I had and and want to ask you is it my thoughts on him he seems innocent enough Mm -hmm. and i wonder if he seemed innocent enough that he could prove to be helpful and i think you might have answered my question for me when you mentioned earlier how he was moving the ghosts around in the dollhouse so flora knows where yes like is Mm -hmm. this this what this boy is doing for Flora is to because he's a ghost he probably can see or is in tune or yeah. maybe feel the presence of the other ghosts in the house and when he feels or senses or knows that Lady of the Lake is coming he moves her and and Flora is like uh-oh oh, and that's yeah. oh like man my that's, that's so good because then that's the thing is that's Flora keeps that doll under the dresser because that's where it goes. Because then yeah. if the boy moves it, that's the warning signal. Yeah. That's she we, was nice to him, that. gave him a really fucking creepy face and was, <laughs> but he's repaying her by, by being the lookout. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, oh, cause I was already thinking, well, he seems nice. Like he doesn't yeah. seem malevolent. I, I know he's super creepy and he's very unsettling, no face. And then adding the damn doll face on top of that, but mm-hmm. he doesn't seem malevolent. He doesn't seem to, yeah. to be tormenting um, Flora at all. And, and, you know, he seems to try to communicate with her best that he can. Uh, so maybe that's his, you know, so he's not alone out in this ghost world running around Bly by himself and, and probably has some creepy ghosts around him. Maybe he's scared of them himself. Um, yeah. That Maybe he's he's proving himself helpful. So I thought, well, I wonder if he'll prove to be helpful, but I think you already answered that. I think yeah, he's think, yeah. signal that, hey, uh, warning, you know, don't, don't go out in the hall. Mm-hmm. Stay in your rooms. Lady of the Lake's out running about. So I think, yeah, I think that answered the question for me. Um, I had that question. Maybe we are figuring things out this episode. Maybe we will, you will get answers listening to us. Who knows? <laughs> we got nothing on us, damn it. I feel like we're on so, onto something here. I like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling it. I like it. Well, that that was great. Do you have any other notes? I know I probed you for some earlier, but... Yeah. Yeah, that's really all that I had other than the other only note that I didn't touch on, which is just like a just observation thing where I said, Danny's starting to freak out. <laughs> I said, there's very something odd about these kids. And she's like, it's been a long time coming. She's finally starting to like put pieces together and pick up on things that something's not right. Because like she was always just brushing things off. And like this episode, finally, she's like, this is not good. Things are weird. And it, like she's. It's like something's clicked in her mind. She's like, oh, wait, no, things are really fucked up. <laughs> She's picking up on Hannah, too. Mm-hmm. 
like something's going on with her. She's just, you know, not not here. Or she's kind of spaced out. And she just kind of disappears. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Or then she just pops up out of nowhere because she's, you know, popping in and out of her memories. Yeah. Just shows up in places. So, yeah, like you said, Danny's picking up on stuff. I wonder if <laughs> Hannah still see. We didn't see a whole lot of Hannah. She still seems a little, little confused. But I didn't know. I, I, I couldn't quite pick up if she, after last week's episode, mm-hmm. if she's still, is she in that cycle? Is she still continuously going through the loop and then having yeah. that realization like, oh my god, I'm dead. I don't know because she was very lost. Because yeah, this thing is. Oh, where have you been all day? Oh, uh-huh. I was. You know what? I don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was around. I think. <laughs> Sad. Sad. Mm-hmm. Hannah. Love her. Uh, if I think I have a few, I I am curious if Flora, having been born in the house, do you think that has anything to do with the special connection that she seems to have to the mm. house, or being able how she's able to kind of talk or communicate to the ghosts? Very well, could be. Yeah. Hmm. I, I didn't know. I was like, well, it's just interesting that she was born in the house. Miles wasn't. And I don't know if anyone else was, but we know she was. Yeah. Um, an interesting note, um, Alex Esso. Oh, I'm terrible at no- at names. Um, she's the actress <laughs> that played Charlotte Wingrave. Okay. She also played Wendy Torrance in Doctor Sleep. Okay. That. I did see Doctor Sleep, but I really loved it. Um, but yeah. I don't remember. You have to Google it too later. much about like the face. Yeah, I mean, because when when I read that, I was yeah. like, okay, she was a damn dead ringer. Um, for yeah, because I remember like she looked so similar to it. it was she like did. Oh, it they had- didn't just like somehow CGI somebody in. I did. I thought, oh my god, did they somehow find a way to CGI her face? Yeah, um, on this actress somehow, and, and then her- Henry Thomas played Jack Torrance. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, for anyone who hasn't seen Dr. Sleep, that was uh, showrunner Mike Flanagan's sequel to The Shining. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he has a tendency to kind of use some of the same actors in some of his works. Um, you'll see that kind of play play out um, from like Hill House and Bly Manor, Dr. Sleep. Uh, so, yeah, just thought that was kind of interesting for, for folks. Um, I thought she was really great in this in this episode. It was cool to see her in this. Um cool. Nope, that's it. Origins, and I've already talked about those. So that that does all my notes too. Cool. Cool beans. So let's go into our hidden ghosts. All right. Yay. All right. First hidden ghost is at 14 minutes and 12 seconds. There is a figure in the mirror. Uh, this is when... In uh, what in like the first memory that Flora has, and Henry and Charlotte are in her room, and she opens her closet door, like, look, nothing's there. So it's it's the view of inside the closet, and you remember that mirror is the one Danny yeah. got about and threw like the clothing on top of. It's that back in the corner, there's a figure um, in that mirror. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> all kinds <laughs> of. Fun. Um, at 23 minutes and 41 seconds, there is a figure. In the bathroom on the left side, uh, 
you almost have to have your resolution up a little bit because it's pretty dark. Again, some, yeah. some of them are so dark, you can't quite capture them. But if you have the resolution up, you can pretty clearly see it. Uh, this is the view when Danny and Hannah are checking mm -hmm. in on Flora, who's asleep in the bed. Um, to the left in the in the bathroom, there's a, a figure very, very clearly <laughs> kind of freaking me out. Um, the next one is at 25 minutes and 17 seconds. And that is the child playing with the dollhouse. Yeah. As Danny is walking out of the room and you see the, the child um, just quietly playing with the dolls. And then, of course, we realize um, in a moment when Danny turns around, he's gone. You just and had to do some adjustments, move them around for Flora. <laughs> hey, they've been moving around. I got to gotta stay up on this. I got a job to do. Um, the next one at the one hour and three minute mark, uh, the soldier on the left side by the rail. So this is when uh, Danny's going up the attic, chasing after uh, Flora and Miles, or maybe just after Flora. Um, there's a soldier on the left and then a figure on the right. So the, she's pretty much being greeted by hidden ghosts as she's coming yeah. up the stairs. Um, again, a little bit dark. You might need to up your resolution a little bit, but if you do, um, they're they're quite creepy uh, as, as when you when you brighten it up. So a soldier on the left, a figure on the right. I don't know what the figure is, but he's there. That's at the one hour and three minute mark. Um, the same two figures. It's still at like the one minute and three, one hour and three minute mark. Just a couple of seconds after. You can see the soldier behind Danny, same place behind the rail as she reaches the very top of the stairs there in the attic. And that's it. Nice. Yeah, that not a whole lot this episode. We're, we're a little little hidden ghost shy uh, this way, as we were the last one too. We still had some, but they were um, they were not as present here. Let yeah. me refresh this because I have and see if there's any not so hidden ghosts. Sorry. I had to refresh <laughs> it. It kicked me out. You need to send me the link that you use for these too because I want to look through them. Yeah. So I can go back and rewatch sometime maybe to try to catch those timestamps. I will do that. <laughs> okay. So um, not so hidden um, ghosts or sightings I should say. Um, three minutes and 39 seconds um, is Doppelganger Henry across his desk. So you can see um, what used to be Dominic's office. The doors are open and there's like a figure kind of being illuminated by the light there. And that's his first first appearance. Um, we see him again at four minutes and 45 seconds, Doppelganger Henry. Um, he, he shows up quite often as we've talked throughout mm -hmm. this episode. Um Rebecca, we get Rebecca popping up behind Danny uh, when they find Flora and Jamie's out there with her. Um, at around the 12 minute, 20 second ish kind of mark, it's very, very super quick. That's when the faceless child um, at the end of Flora's bed, he kind of swoosh disappears. <laughs> we see him again at the 13 minute mark. Doppelganger Henry at the 21 minute um, and five second mark. 
Uh, even though she's techn- technically not a ghost, but a ghost in Henry's mind, uh, we see Charlotte at 35 minutes and 15 seconds. Um, 42 minutes and 12 seconds, we get Rebecca. Again, not looking real happy. I don't know. Death yeah. must have angered her. I I just, like I said, so uncharacteristic, I feel, of Rebecca. Yeah. Seems angry as a ghost. I don't know. Um, 59 minutes and 15 seconds this is the faceless child playing with Flora's dollhouse. Didn't Flora say, um, I don't like my things being moved or please don't move, move my things. But I guess. Yeah. I think that's why is she doesn't want other people messing with them because where the boy places the things mean something. It's her warning. Yeah. It's, her, it's like her Doppler radar. Yeah. For like bad weather or something. Yeah. Um, her particular hour. system she mentions that she has is <laughs> she has he deals with it. He's the particular system. He Let him the system. put them where they go. Yeah, <laughs> and you, Flora, don't take credit. That little boy <laughs> work. He's got the particular system. Exactly. <laughs> at the one hour and four minute and forty second mark is Rebecca at the foot of Flora's bed, uh, but Na- Danny notices her at one hour and two minutes thirty four seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, one hour. Uh, Mark, two minutes, 50 seconds. Peter shows up in front of Danny and Flora. And that's it for the not-so-hidden ghosts. Yeah. In this episode. Oh, man. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, oh, yeah. And I don't have any other news. The only news I'll add, just as a quick, and this is totally unrelated to Bly Manor. Uh, but if, if you guys haven't seen the news out today uh, or seen it posted on our uh, Facebook page, Umbrella Academy was officially renewed for season three. <laughs> I don't know anything. I'm sure they haven't released any dates. I'm sure we don't know anything when it's going to come back. We know that uh, there's lots of production that has been kind of slowed to a halt and things like that. So um, as soon as we know something, we'll find out. But it took you long enough to announce a Netflix. <laughs> all I'm going to say they have a bad habit of making you wait for sure. Um, so, yeah, good news. Unrelated to Blind Manor, but news all the same. Okay, so part of our favorite uh, part of the podcast is our listener feedback portion, mm-hmm. and I'm super excited to get to some of this this week. Uh, the first one that we have is from our friend Lindsay Schlicht. She says, that first twisted grin on Alter Ego Henry literally sent chills from my scalp to my toes. What the hell was that? So damn creepy. Made me think of Bilbo asking Frodo for the ring. Ooh, that's a good good comparison uh she goes on i'll be really glad when everything is revealed because man is this shit confusing flora's in a memory but her mom and henry know it's a memory feels familiar to when owen was talking to hannah some people ghosts are aware they are in repeating memories and some are only just finding out henry is jumping memories but not just as at bly house and what the hell is with the faceless little creepy boy seriously i have 500 questions I'm glad at least that Danny has finally seen some of the ghosts messing with Miles and Flora. Stuff should really start ramping up now. Have I mentioned I am loving this show now? That makes yes, me so I, happy. I'm I so glad. Because I know you were having a rough go at it the first few episodes. So I'm really glad that things have picked up for you in a really positive way. I'm glad she found the episode that turned her around and mm-hmm. and she's digging it. Yeah, about the, the memories thing, I think that was kind of the same thing. Thing, uh, that we saw with Hannah when it wasn't really Owen talking to her it was like another part of of Hannah like some part of her consciousness yeah. that she was communicating with and was trying to force her to face 
what she was denying. She was in denial. And I think it was something kind of similar with what was happening with Flora is that she's tucked away. Like she's, and it, 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 again, it makes you curious if the same thing happens to Miles when Peter is possessing him. Does Miles get tucked away? Yeah. And memories, does he experience something similar to that? I don't know. We, we haven't seen that um, exactly in what, what happens to him when, when Peter's possessing him, but she seems to be tucked away in her own consciousness. Like Rebecca's like kind of shoved her consciousness aside. And so it pushes Flora back in her memories. So it seems like, yeah, it seems like that's Henry and her mother, but yet it's not, it's really just Flora's memories. Mm-hmm. Um, her parents or her uncle Henry is how I took it. Did you? Yeah. See that way. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lindsay. That's great. Glad, glad you're loving it. Mm-hmm. All right, Diane Ryan says, although I enjoyed this episode, unfortunately Henry's accent is annoying me now. He sounds so different to his brother. He did. Hmm. He sounds much. He does. <laughs> there is a lot of arguments now. I I'm clearly I'm not British. Uh, <laughs> I know a lot of in-person British people that I could just ask and go, tell me what you think. Maybe I need to reach out to a couple of our uh, uh, fellow Zeds that are from the UK. And, yeah. and are in that area. I, I see, I do see some dialogue happening online of uh, people who are from England or from, from the UK. And they're like, Oh, I recognize that accent. It's like from the North. And, it's, and I'm, I'm, I'm clueless. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't know. I cannot tell you um, how genuine to me. Sometimes you can tell it's like, that's a pretty bad accent that they're doing. Like if they're faking it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I wouldn't know the damn difference. I haven't, I haven't even been to London or the UK. <laughs> So I don't have a clue. So I'm curious um, to kind of hear other people's thoughts. If you're from the UK, uh, you know, give us give us your thoughts on some of these accents. I know some, there are some people I'm reading online have some thoughts about them for sure. Yeah, I was thinking about that a little bit this episode with with Henry and Henry Thomas being mm-hmm. an American actor. I was like, I wonder like when he's doing these scenes, like I don't know the actress that plays his you know, secretary and stuff. I don't know if she's an English actress or not. But it's like when he's, I know there's a lot of English actors and actresses that are cast in this show. It's like if he's doing scenes and stuff with them, like I have to wonder, it's like, I hope he's doing good. I hope that they're like, <laughs> he's able to sell it when he's doing a scene with them. <laughs> are they or doing a scene with him? Like, what? this is like the worst accent I've ever heard. It's not a real accent. Nobody talks like that. You know, I, I, yeah, I'm curious about that. And, but you know what? I, I, I can't really talk shit because, you know, I have, I can't do an accent at all. And I would probably, I can't imagine if I was having to be in, in any type of production or a, a movie, a TV show, a play, anything like that. And, and someone had to like voice coach me, they'd quit on their first day. <laughs> so I can't imagine that that's an easy thing to do. It's just, I think easier for some people and it's not so easy, I think for others. So yeah, I can't really, I can't, like I said, I can't really say anything because I know I can't do a very good accent. But yeah, I hear less people talking about how how much their or his accent grates on their nerves. <laughs> Thank you, Diane. If you have anything to add to that as to why, let me know. If it's just the difference or if you have um, experience, maybe you, you have an accent yourself. Um, we did get an email this week um, we, from our friend Daphne. She says, 
wow, this episode unveiled little things uh, through Henry and Flora reliving old memories. I feel like we have parts and pieces of the puzzle, but still not enough to get a complete picture. I'm in total agreement that Bly is a mousetrap and it's got a hold on so many levels and deaths. The big missing piece is the lady in the lake. Who is she and why is she set on vengeance? Also her missing face. The boy ghost also has a missing face. I wonder if it Wondering if it's something that happens if you're at Bly Manor after a certain period of time. Just a theory I've mulled over. I think knowing her story will help unravel things a bit more. I'm getting concerned that these little dream hops are like little memory cages that Rebecca trapped her in when she takes possession of Flora's body. Makes me wonder what happens with Miles when Peter's in charge. We already know that Peter has helped Miles do some vile things already. I'm also anxious while anticipating what Peter's endgame plans are, which are certain to be dark and twisted. Henry confronting himself or yes, confronting himself about his past with Charlotte and his brothers disowning him when he realizes that Flora is Henry's child was quite a trip. It torments him so much. One last thing, when Flora sent the message to Miles to ask him to come home, was it Flora or was it Rebecca using Flora to bring him home? Still so many mm. questions. I'm still going week to week with you guys. And with only a few weeks left, I think I'm going to make it. I think listening to you breaking down the episode before I watch the next one helps me open my eyes even more so I can look for clues. Thanks, Daphne. And holy crap. Yeah. that That's a pretty good theory. Um, yeah. If it was Flora that sent it or Rebecca that was asking him to come home. Because Rebecca might need Miles there so that Peter can, Peter can, possess, can, can keep possessing him. <laughs> See that hmm. just it's it's even more <laughs> malevolent, and well, yeah. I mean it's and it's dark, but I mean it's malevolent. Like this is cruel. These are kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not good even if you're an adult. I mean, it's not good for ghosts to be like I'm talking about it like it's a real thing. Um, <laughs> it is real, damn it. Um, have you seen The Exorcist? Um, no, but it's I think it's even if it's even more harmful. I feel to even do it to an innocent child. You know. Yeah. You know, but they're just, just they're like they're like puppets to them. I mean, they're like, oh, I, I need you to to tell whatever you know to to do what I need to do. They, yeah, it's weird, like a vessel. Yeah. Well, and it kind of well, and you say puppet, and it 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 reminds you of the whole puppet story that Miles, when they were doing yeah. like their little play, and he's talking about the the puppets and um, the the puppet maker. Yeah. <sighs> Know, that was man. Peter telling that story, I feel. so. I feel it was. I feel it was. And I feel like we've seen more. And maybe it was because of the last episode with Hannah. Like, I feel like we saw a lot of Peter more than Miles in that episode. Because I think they were really making a point to, like, something's wrong with Miles. Something's wrong with Miles. So they kept, mm -hmm. like, driving that home for us. Um, I'm curious to see how much of Miles we've really seen versus Peter. Yeah. I guess a little bit there in the beginning when we saw Han like at the end when Peter slash Miles killed Hannah and Peter was looking on from the trees and we saw Miles greeting Danny. Yeah. That that might have been a snippet of the real Miles. Mm -hmm. But then how do you know it's not Peter playing as Miles, like actually trying yeah. to like <laughs> off, not really being, you know, like showing his true colors. He's like actually trying to blend a little bit. Oh, yeah. I could go on and on about that all night and just talk about <laughs> different theories. Cut me off. Um, <laughs> our first voice message is from our good friend, Greg. Well, that was perfectly ominous. 
Hey, Rima. Hey, Peg. This is Greg. Uh, so it was good to see some of Henry's backstory, although I am curious what kind of accident uh, obliterated both bodies or drownings, or I don't know if they couldn't find the, the bodies of both Dominic and Charlotte. Uh, his grinning shite head, uh, alter ego, was, uh, yeah, he was super creepy. Uh, and I'm glad we got the answer of who's the phone, who the phone calls were from and what he was trying to do. That was cool. Um, the whole possession thing, man, like that is, it makes sense why everything's perfectly splendid all the time. Uh, and then the, uh, the reveal of, uh, Peter and Miles last episode and now Rebecca and Flora, I mean... I'm just saying, if the two of them, you know, got together in their new bodies or whatever, like, can the ghosts not see each other? I don't quite understand that. If Rebecca and Peter are both hanging out in the house, I don't quite understand. Anyway, look forward to hearing y'all's thoughts. All right, later. Cool. Thank you, Greg. Um, Greg has another voicemail that he sent us. Um, if... I'm not sure if he explains it in his feedback, but just in case he doesn't, he sent us feedback for episode six. Listen to our episode covering um, episode five and sent in an additional, I guess, revelation voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what Greg has to add. Um, I think he has some additional thoughts, um, piecing some things together. So let's see um, what he has to say here. Oh my God. I was just listening to your guys' podcast on Altar of the Dead, and it just struck me, did Rebecca, possessing Flora, write the note two miles to come home <laughs> because she wanted someone for a vessel for Peter to be in to try to, I don't know, come back to life? I don't know. It's weird. All right. Uh, that was just to add on to my last feedback. All right. See you later. Bye. Seems to be the theory consensus right now. <laughs> it seems to be a consensus. And Greg, yeah, Daphne just, uh, we just read Daphne's feedback in her email. She said the same thing. Damn it. These guys are on it. <laughs> I'm so I love proud having of the feedback in voicemails is you guys are all picking up on stuff that we even don't think about. No, but I, I, I feel like now that it's out there, it can't quite be discounted. Like they need them together for some reason. Yeah. Dark as to, <laughs> yeah, but wow. Good job, guys. Yeah. I, I didn't catch it at all. Didn't catch it at all. Okay. We also have another voice message from our good friend, Steve Brown. Hey, Pick and Rima, this is Steve. This is for Jolly Corner. I don't remember what night you guys record, so I, I hope I get this in in time. But uh, I think we're definitely supposed to think that Jamie is the narrator because just her cadence of speech and her accent, all that kind of stuff, maybe it's just too obvious, but that's what I'm... I know we've been talking about it, so... Okay, I'm kind of doing these as I watch it for the second time. And Danny just said, sometimes Hannah just goes out and I don't know where she is. It's kind of your job to know where she is, isn't it? <laughs> I had to remind myself, this is 1987. Patrick says he's still alive. Okay, just finished the episode and wow. Um, I think I must have fell asleep or 
something else and, and missed the very end ending uh, a few times. I do remember that this is awkward, but I didn't remember the cliffhanger there with uh, Miles hitting Danny on the back of the head. But, it, okay, am I the only one? Is it a little creepy that they are possessing brother and sister? Isn't that a little weird? I don't know. Just thought I'd bring it up. And I, I didn't see any real hidden ghosts. Um, they were all pretty obvious. But, you know, it's it, it was interesting. That I remember the first time I watched it, Oh, several days ago, that as soon as that as soon as Charlotte gives Henry that look in the very beginning, I wondered if Flora might be his daughter. So, uh, and then of course we get the confirmation. So, all right, I hope I get this in in time. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later. You just made it in time, Steve. Um, thank you everyone so much for your Facebook feedback, um, emails, voice messages. Always great to hear from you guys. Appreciate you guys sticking with us, um, week to week. Um, we are in stretch guys, a couple more episodes to go. Okay. Um, next week we will be covering episode seven of the haunting of blind manor titled the two faces part two. There it is. <laughs> there it is. We knew it had to be coming, right? They they weren't, you know, when they say part one, feels like yeah, there's probably part two coming up, and here we go. Uh-huh. Yes. Get maybe. So a- I assume it's more Rebecca and Peter if it's that's who it was in the first part. So maybe. And I wonder if two faces. You know, anytime you hear someone say two face, it's you know, people are kind of being backhanded or, you know, being one way in front of you and then another way behind your back yeah. um, when someone has two faces. So I wonder if that gives us a clue as uh, to, to Peter and Rebecca a little bit. Because I feel like I'm seeing two faces of Rebecca. Yeah. So what if they, yeah, they swap and now Rebecca's the one doing all the evil shit and Peter's actually trying to be helpful now? <laughs> yeah, that would be an interesting twist. Well, we are excited for you to follow us to Bly Manor, but until then, you can follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. Um, you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com, and you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at Podcastica.com, and go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. So Jason and Richard and Chris are covering Mandalorian season two uh, on Disney yeah. Plus. <laughs> so good. Uh, so yeah, the second episode is out right now. They just released that episode um, over the weekend. So I think everybody, if you're not, if you haven't seen the Mandalorian, I encourage you to watch it. If uh, you're watching it and you want to hear a great podcast, then you should check out um Jason, Chris, and Rich on House Podcastica. They yes. they they do such a great job covering it. Oh, Those yeah. guys are so fun and full of fun Star Wars stuff. And if you don't like Star Wars, if you're not a big Star Wars geek like some of us, it's okay. I think you can still enjoy the show. Don't you pay? Yeah. Don't you pay? I, yeah. Definitely, because it's you know it. If you're a big Star Wars fan, it's definitely there's a lot of enriching little Easter eggs and. Yes. Universe building stuff that's in there, but I think it perfectly works as a standalone series on its own because it it takes place and follows a character that is outside of your typical 
you know, Star Wars stories that we've seen over the years. Right. So yeah, I, 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 w- I would think you don't have to be a big Star Wars nerd. If you just like fun shows, you know, there's a little drama, there's a little humor. Um, they're kind of um, procedural episodes. So kind of fun little adventures in each episode um, with different characters. So it's fun. I would highly yeah. recommend it if you're not already checking it out and definitely check out um, the boys over on House Podcastica. And while we're talking about great podcasts, you have to check out Pake's other podcast called Run For <laughs> Your Lives, covering monster yeah. movies and disaster films. And you and Daphne are really doing a great job over there. Um, yeah. You can find them anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcasts and at runforyourlivespodcast.com. Do you have a little sneak peek for our listeners? Yeah. Uh, the most recent episode that we you know talked about last week, that if you still haven't gone to listen to it, Jaws has been up this week with my good friend Rima right here. And oh, that was a blast and so much fun. But then this weekend, our newest episode will be um, the sequel to honestly, (laughs) a little inside baseball here. The best episode, like, like our best, uh, it's done the best numbers wise out of our episodes. A lot of people seem to have really enjoyed it, which was Jurassic Park. So we are covering Jurassic Park the lost world so or the lost world jurassic park is technically that That is awesome i was just watching that earlier today (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome can't wait to check that one out but that was really fun to talk about oh yeah for sure i'm a huge jurassic park nut so jurassic park jurassic world all of them i've seen and love dearly (laughs) i've seen that movie so many times since it came out what was it 1993 Yes. Um, so many times, and I'm telling you, without even lying, uh, every single time they, the first time that you see the dinosaurs, um, I cry every time. <laughs> nice. So yeah, that's great. I can't wait to listen to that one. Nice. <laughs> All right, well, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pink. And Diane Ryan. It's strange indeed. <laughs> <laughs>